2: Block Talk Radio.
1: This is a post time with Mike and Mike Production.
2: Wigglet, wigglet,
3: what a race! Always be Mickey on the outside! Always
1: be
4: Mickey!
3: They're off and it is
5: on! And betting line has taken the lead! Choo choo! Boom!
2: Just
1: like that! You're tuned in to Harness Racing's fastest 90 minutes post-time with Mike and Mike, with co-host Mike Carter.
4: Believe in the spirit? Do you believe in miracles?
1: And Mike Bozich.
3: Smoking Gun Shaman Hall. Production Smoking Gun is flying. Here comes Smoking Gun. I don't know! Right, yeah. That just happened! That just happened!
5: that dial. You've got post time with Mike and Mike Presented by Bet America, Mike Carter alongside of Mike Bozich. And Mike, I'll tell you one thing that this show is not sponsored by is hot potatoes. That's for sure.
1: <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, we, we've got a couple of stories to tell, and uh, we're going to get to that in a minute. But Mike, what a great show that we have for everybody today. It's uh, we're going to talk some breeders crowd eliminations coming up. Uh, Of course, uh, they're going to be held at Hoosier park on Friday and Saturday. We're going to hear from uh, Hoosier park director of racetrack operations. Rick Moore, he's going to join us here in just a couple of minutes to talk about it. Uh, what's going on at Hoosier Park on Friday and Saturday. Then, of course, for the big, big weekend coming up next weekend, which, of course, Mike will be a part of. More on that in a moment. But uh, we're going to talk to Jamie McCumber. She's got uh, some representation of the Breeders' Crown Eliminations. Trainer Marie DuPont, somebody who I'm familiar with, that races here quite a bit at Harris, Philadelphia, will be joining us. And she's got a very nice three-year-old trotting filly by the name of checkmate time that's trying to make the big dance we'll talk to her in a few minutes and driver sam widger will be joining us on the program as well and uh mike sam is a guy that has uh just been one of the good steady drivers uh drove in the chicagoland area for quite some time and now sets up camp at hoosier park and is one of the consistently one of the top five drivers there. And he's got some live drives coming up uh, this weekend. Yeah, he definitely does. I was doing some
5: research on him and a couple of the Breeders' Crown races coming up this weekend. And I'll, t- I'll tell you what, Mike, he's uh, set up to make a couple of finals uh, if the trips work out correctly. And uh, I'll tell you what, Sam Widger's uh, not only a good driver, but a super nice guy. I know the couple of times I've talked with him, the times we were out at Hoosier Park, uh, he was always very cordial with us, always gracious for an interview. And
1: uh, he does a fantastic job. So we're uh, we're excited to have him on. Mike, let me get to my story. I have been dying to tell this thing for about an hour and a half now, and and, uh, I know you tried to pry it out of me, but I said, nope, this has to wait for the show. Okay, so here we go. On the way here this morning, driving down I-95, and for those of you that are not familiar with the I-95 corridor, I live in Maryland. You have to go through Maryland, (laughs) then you have to go through Delaware, And then you have to go through a few miles of Pennsylvania. Chester pretty much is on the, uh, about eight miles away from the Pennsylvania Delaware state line, but maybe even actually a little closer, probably about five miles or so. But anyway, anyway, so I'm in the zone. I'm on the highway. I'm cruising maybe about 10 or 15 miles per hour over the speed limit. And that's usually what the standard operating procedure is on I-95. Because if you go to the speed limit on 95, you're just going to get run over, completely run over. So anyway, I'm doing about 1050 miles per hour with the speed limit in the zone. Light music going, you know, thinking about the show today, and all of a sudden I see the lights of doom and back of me, and I'm <laughs> thinking to myself, "Holy moly!" So I'm thinking, "What a great way to start the day." So I pull over, and uh, the guy gets out, uh, you know, kind of goes He says, "Oh, you know, you're going a little fast." And I said. Uh, Yes, sir. He goes, so standard operating procedure, license, registration, proof of insurance. So he goes back into his cop car for about, uh, I don't know, maybe about four or five minutes or so. So he's got my license at this point. He comes back, okay, and he says, Michael Bozic." He goes, are you the track announcer at Harris Chester? And I said, well, yes, Come sir, on. I am. He goes, my dad and I. Always come to the races. He was a young kid, maybe you know, in his late twenties, around thirty, maybe there. And he says, "My dad and I always come to the races." And he goes, "We love your and We love the bet Harris Philadelphia. This and that." He goes, "Now here's where it gets really good." He goes, "And you're the guy that does the post time with Mike and Mike Harness show, too, aren't you?" Come on, he did not. <laughs> yes, absolutely, he did, and. He, I have a couple of hats in the back seat, and I know he saw one of those hats. And he says, you're the guy that the, the guy that does the Post Time with Mike and Mike Harness radio show. And I said, yep, I, I am that guy. And he says, my dad and I listen to your show all the time. Now, it gets even better, okay? So we're talking a little bit about racing. Next thing you know, he says – you guys are going to be at the Breeders' Crown, right, at Hoosier Park? And I said, yep. He goes, my dad and I are going for both days. So I told him, I said, well, listen, officer, I said, you have to make it a point to stop by our broadcast location. I said, we could put you on the air, talk to you a little bit. So, Mike, we're going to have a visitor coming up probably on Saturday. He's going to stop by. (laughs) You talk about a small world or what. Isn't that great? Did you get a ticket? Yes, I did. (laughs) (laughs) All of that, you still got a ticket. He said, Great listen, I'm says, sorry. I, don't I don't hope, hope listen. you're listening. He says, but he says, I got a right today. I said, that's fine. I said, so, but any, anyway, it was, it was really cool. We end up talking for about 10, 15 minutes. And so his favorite driver, by the way, is Vic Kirby. Okay. okay. And Vic Kirby, coincidentally, just picked up his 4,000th driving win at Harrington. So we were sitting there on the side of the road for about 15 minutes talking about harness racing. <laughs> wow that's incredible (laughs) good story good story and he said he could not he said he could not catch the uh the show live today because he said he had to work a double he said but he will be catching the show on archive a little bit later on today so listen (laughs) for all you guys out there the delaware state troopers and all the state troopers and and the police officers across the country we appreciate what you do and and uh, we'll have one coming up Next, either next Friday or next Saturday live at the at Hoosier Park is uh, his dad and uh, well, listen, him and his dad are gonna be there. So they'll be paying you a visit, my friend.
5: Your your story is a lot better than mine, that's that, that, that's that's <laughs> well, for sure.
1: <laughs> well listen, we we've we've got Rick Moore on the line, so you you're gonna have to hold that story for a little bit. Sounds but good, uh, we'll buddy. just put it to you this way. Your vocal cords are sounding very good today, Mike. I just wanna <laughs> Thanks, let you know. buddy. I appreciate it. You know, listen, <laughs> right. it's no thanks to a hot potato, okay? <laughs> We have got Rick Moore coming up from Hoosier Park. He is uh, going to talk to us a little bit about the, uh, the big dance coming up, not only uh, next week, of course, the Big Breeders' Crown uh, Friday and Saturday, but he's going to talk to us about the eliminations and a lot more. And uh, plus we've got, uh, let's see, Marie DuPont, Sam Widger, Jamie McCumber, and much, much more coming up after this timeout. You've got Post Time with Mike and Mike presented by Bet America. Mm-hmm. Here at The Stable, our mission is to provide fair market for owners of yearlings while giving investors the most informative way to purchase all of or part of a horse. The Stable will cater to all budgets by having an open fractional buying market and a flat rate billing system. At The Stable, we aim to minimize the risk in buying and maximize the benefit of selling. Visit thestable.ca and or give Anthony McDonald a call at 519 400 4263. That's 519 400 4263. It's the stable.ca.
2: Now at Bet America, every track is a bonus track. Earn rewards points for every wager you make on every track. We also offer more points for all exotic wagers. And don't forget about our weekly promos. Check our calendar to see how you can earn double points on featured tracks and races. Sign up for Bet America today to start earning points and get up to a $400 bonus with our new 200% deposit match. See our website for reward points state restrictions. Want to sport the coolest Breeders Crown gear? Head on over to Hamiltonian.com. Get your Breeders' Crown hats, polo shirts, sweatshirts, jackets, shot glasses, and more. They make the perfect gift for the harness racing fan in your life. Visit Hambletonian.com.
1: Mike Carter, Mike Bozich. Mike Carter. I gotta tell you something. I've just gotten probably in the last two minutes about ten instant messages. Is this a true story? Is this a true story? Oh, <laughs> One hundred and ninety nine percent true. I'm telling you guys right now. It was uh, it, it was surreal. It was it was pretty cool. But uh, anyway, Rick Moore is joining us. He is the director of racetrack operations at Hoosier Park, a big weekend coming up not only next weekend but this weekend as well. Rick, how are you, my friend? Well, well
4: good, but l- let me start out by saying that is a hard <laughs> ad, a hard story to follow. What they always say on TV, you never want to follow children or animals. Well, throw that story right in there with that. So oh, I can only go downhill from, from the last few minutes. Well, uh, yeah, I'll
1: tell you what. And, and you know, the, the hardest instant message that I decided to answer about 20 seconds ago was to my wife. She wants to know how much the ticket was, and how fast I was going in the whole nine yards. She didn't even care about the other part of the story about the racing. She just wants to know the other, the other particulars. But in Love any it, event. Friend. In any event, Rick, listen—you've got a big, uh, you've got a big couple days coming up. Not only, of course, the Breeders' Crown coming up next weekend, but the, you've got the eliminations. Uh, the box was very healthy, over 160 horses. Certainly, you have to be pleased about that.
4: Yeah, we get kind I guess, we get kind of a two bites at the apple, huh? Seeing these horses this weekend, and then uh, coming back for the the finals next weekend. And, you know, we're thrilled. You know, to see these. T- I was just paging through the Friday inside of these programs a few minutes ago. To see the horses with, you know, one million, two million, several of them with two million dollars on, on their cars. It's just, I'll hear at Hoosier Park at one time. It's just, a, it's just what a gratifying feeling.
5: Now, Rick, I was out there for the Hoosier Pacing Derby night, and I'll tell you what, it was really marketed well as the Breeders' Crown Preview. You guys had a ton of these horses uh, come out for the Centaur Trotting Classic at a big stakes-laden program. What is it like to bring all these horses to your uh, racetrack and your facility uh, on more than one occasion? It's one thing to get them out there you know, for a big stakes race, but uh, you've seen some of these horses uh, three or four times this year.
4: Well, you, first of all, it's a privilege to have these horses because – you know, we know there's a, there's a lot of big purses around North America, and they have their choice as to to where they want to go. And we've been fortunate that we've really been able to establish uh, our, our stake schedule now where people actually really look forward to coming to Hoosier Park. We, we think we treat them really well. We love harness racing here. Uh, it's a very big deal to us. And, you know, you mentioned the Hoosier Park Pacing Derby, the Centaur Trot. You know, these have become staples now on the – I call it the fall stake schedule – and uh, you know now we see the the very best showing up for those races, and of course now with the Breeders' Crown, that's just the um, the, the cherry on, on the Sunday.
1: Rick Moore from Hoosier Park joining us. Rick, let's uh, talk a little bit from a, a management point of view. You know, I know that you know it, it has to be kind of tough and exciting at the same time, stressful maybe in some other ways, uh, behind the scenes of putting an event like this together. Can you give us a little bit of an idea, a little bit of perspective from a management point of view of this gargantuan task of putting this thing together?
4: Yeah, yeah, I can. That's a great question. Um, it, you know, we were just talking the other day, and, and some way someone actually threw up a photo on a uh, uh, on a presentation we had, uh, and it was a photo from a year ago, uh, with all of us in the room just getting started. And it seemed like it seems like that was just a week ago. And it's the, the, the last year has gone by so quickly. We've actually got twenty three individual committees formed to make sure that every aspect of Breeders Crown weekend that nothing falls through the crack whether it's you know food service or it's 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 parking whether it's a evs you know housekeeping uh backside operations just you know we have 23 committees because this is a very big deal to us uh you know first time in three decades that the breeders crown has been in the midwest and the first time ever on indiana soil so it is a very very big deal to us we've got a great team that has worked relentlessly to make sure this is. This is a Breeders' Crown that people that come here will remember. And our goal is to have them leaving wanting for more. So, in other words, we want them leaving and saying we want the Breeders' Crown to return to Hoosier Park.
5: Now, Rick, obviously you guys have a lot of very special promotions uh, going on uh, coming up next weekend. But I'll tell you what, the week leading up to the Breeders' Crown, and in fact, you guys have done some uh, work with the school districts in your area, which I thought was pretty cool as well.
4: Yeah, we've got almost every night next week. We've got something going on. You mentioned the uh, what we call the outrageous uh, on- online art auction, where uh, you know the Anderson Community Schools have gotten involved in uh, creating some beautiful artwork. Uh, in- in and what- we now have an online auction for that artwork. And I will tell you, some of it is just outstanding. And the proceeds uh, from the- that auction uh, for those art- pieces of art are going to go to our four uh, official charities which are the uh, Standard Bread Retirement Foundation, the Harness Horse Youth Foundation, our local animal protection league, and New Vocations uh, Racehorse Adoption. So the proceeds are going to worthy causes, and it's nice to get the kids involved and have them be part of Breeders' Crown Week, And uh, some, and they've done a great job with the art. They really have.
1: Rick, let's uh, let's take a look at this from a handicapping point of view. Now, a lot of people uh, obviously eye the breeder cr- Breeders' Crown events and, and these races, uh, you know, from a money-making point of view, trying to make a couple of bucks at the windows. Do you have any advice maybe for some people that really aren't too familiar with Hoosier Park that are going to be uh, wagering on Hoosier Park for uh, maybe the first or second time?
4: Well, yeah, the, th- the thing I would uh, advise them is this is a – we have a very long stretch here at Hoosier Park, and you know, the horses who have been on on the big ovals, you know, the the mile of the seven eighths ovals, seem to do very well here. And horses come here for the first time, or maybe have been racing primarily on uh, five eighths tracks, seem to have a, a tougher time in the stretch here. So I would look for horses that have been competing primarily on you know seven eighths to mile ovals, and uh, I'd give them a little bit of a, an edge here.
5: Now, Rick, uh, obviously, uh, like we talked about before, a lot of fun things going on. You guys have 23 committees, which is absolutely (laughs) unheard of in a lot of places, but it's fantastic to see you guys put on a show. I know we've been out there a couple of times, and uh, you guys do an absolutely fantastic job, but I'll tell you what, one place I can't wait to be next weekend is at Hoosier Park.
4: Yeah, it's the place to be. I mean, it's going to be nice to, you know, the spotlight of harness racing is going to be on Hoosier Park. And we can't wait to have you guys out here again. Really appreciate you coming out for our big event. It's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to have a, you know, besides the indoor seating areas, you know, the clubhouse, the grandstand, our betting carols. We're going to have a VIP party tent that's going to seat 800 people. We're going to have entertainment. It's just going to be the place to be, and it's going to be fun. We're going to make this a lot of fun. Besides being a great uh, weekend for harness racing, it's going to be a great weekend for socializing and for having a really good time. And
5: All right, Rick. Well, we certainly appreciate you joining us. And, listen, uh, we'll see you out there uh, next week for a full
4: slate of live harness racing action as
5: the Breeders' Crown invades Hoosier Park for the very first
4: time. Mike and Mike, thank you so much for having me on this morning, and I certainly look forward to seeing you next weekend.
5: All right. That was Rick Moore, uh, the director of racing operations out at Hoosier Park. And Mike, I'll tell you, you know, it's really exciting to hear what they have going on with all their committees, making sure no stone is left unturned. And it looks like uh, we're ready for a great weekend of live harness racing action at the uh, Indiana 7H track.
1: Yeah, they're doing a fantastic job. And I'll tell you what, even from a media point of view, I mean, uh, it seems like we're getting an email from somebody from Hoosier Park on a a daily basis, just kind of updating us on things and and letting us know where we're going to be and with media passes and media credentials. And, you know, that's why I asked him that question, Mike, because what a gargantuan task. I don't think a lot of people realize all the behind the scenes work that goes on of putting an event like this together and uh, i mean just so many uh wheels in motion and then you kind of have to pray for good weather and obviously that's something that we can't control but we're hoping for fantastic weather next weekend mike make it happen my friend make it happen yeah.
5: <laughs> listen do you do you play chess
1: i do play chess
5: well well there you go well we're going to talk Some checkmate. Well, maybe not chess, but we're going to talk checkmate time uh, coming up here in just a couple of minutes as Marie Dupont is going to join the show. And uh, listen, you know, Marie uh, pretty well. She raced at Harris, Philadelphia. And uh, I'll tell you what, have you seen this horse a couple of times?
1: This is a very nice horse, and I'll tell you what, she may she may give you some value at the windows. I'll tell you what, this horse has got a lot of talent and I think is going to turn some heads come uh, Breeders' Crown Eliminations and Breeders' Crown. We'll talk to Marie DuPont on the flip side of this timeout. You've got post time with Mike and Mike presented by Bet America.
5: Join Meadowlands Racing and Entertainment as racing resumes on Friday, September 8th for two weekends of live harness racing action. Then Thoroughbred Racing begins on Friday, October 6th, 2017 and runs through November 11, 2017. Then Harness Racing will resume on Friday, November 17th and run through the end of the year. For more information, simulcast schedule and more, visit PlayMeadowlands.com.
1: New Vocations Racehorse Adoption Program. Retrain, rehab, rehome. New Vocations focuses on adoption as the optimal solution for the large numbers of horses that leave the track each year. The program provides rehabilitation and transitional training to prepare the horses for a productive life beyond racing. Each horse is evaluated for temperament, soundness, and suitability to help ensure a successful adoptive match. New Vocations Racehorse Adoption Program, celebrating 25 years and over 6,000 horses placed. Learn more at newvocations.org. The
3: Downs at Mohegan Sun Pocono is fast and phenomenal. Fall racing is here. We race Mondays at 4.30, Tuesdays and Saturdays at 6.30, and Sundays at 7.30. The Ghost and Poltergeist Pace is coming up. Spooky, gray paces and a Halloween spooktacular on October 31st. Sponsored by the Harness Racing Museum and Hall of Fame. Children and costumes are welcome. Stop by the museum gift shop in the racing lobby. The Downs at Mohegan Sun Pocono.
1: We're back on both sides with Mike and Mike, presented by Better America, Mike Bozich, along with Mike Carter. Coming up, Sam Widger will be joining us towards the top of the hour. We're Going to talk about some of his drives in the Breeders' Ground Elimination coming up this weekend at Hoosier Park. Plus, Jamie McCumber will be joining us as well. She's got uh, three representatives of her stable that will do battle in breeders crown elimination competition coming up over the weekend but first it's trainer marie dupont making her post time with mike and mike debut hello marie how are you hi how are you Uh, listen we certainly appreciate you joining us and we're going to talk a little bit about checkmate time a, a, a trotting filly that i'm certainly high on but since it's your first time i guess we should talk a little bit about you how did you get your start in the sport of artist racing tell us a little bit about it
6: Uh, My family uh, and my grandparents are all in the harness racing, and uh, my husband's family, so we stuck together, and we're in it together.
5: Now, Marie, talk to us a little bit about Checkmate Time. Uh, Dennis Leterza had the horse as a uh, two-year-old and kind of led into the season. And it seemed like Checkmate Time had some uh, braking issues, and now you've got the horse. And uh, I'll tell you what, he is a completely different animal, that's for sure. He's won four races so far this year at over $48,000. Talk to us a little bit about Checkmate Time and uh, what you had to do to kind of correct his uh, braking issues.
6: Well, she had a few issues. She had the breaking, and then she was bleeding. So uh, my husband um, was very good with trotters. He got her situated so she would stop breaking. And then we got the bleeding issue uh, worked out, and hopefully that's what uh, they're going to do good.
1: Marie, you guys are at action on Friday night, race number seven. Uh, you've got eight other competitors to worry about uh, in this three-year-old Philly elimination. And looking at some of the other uh, horses in this race, uh, you've got Dream Together, who's the leading money earner of the group, starting from the outside. You've got Oka that with Ice Attraction. Of course, you've got Fine-Toon Lady, a horse that uh, we saw race quite a bit here at Harris, Philadelphia. What do you, how do you see this race unfolding? Have you had a chance to take a look at it yet? Yes, we have. What
6: do you think? Well, the ones inside leave pretty good. Uh, It's only an elimination. We only got one to beat. We're just going to try to come out of there and try to just hopefully get into the final, and then maybe next week will be a different story.
5: Now, the one thing about checkmate time, uh, Marie, is the fact that she has the ability to really flash some early speed. And uh, in her last start at Pocado, uh she showed a big ability to kind of sit back off the pace, was parked out to the first quarter, and then came flying home late. Uh, what makes her so versatile?
6: Well, she wasn't like that before. Uh, She's come down to settle down in the parade. She used to be a polar, and now my husband at least can control her, put her in a the, in the hole or – take her out, and uh, she's very controllable, and I think this is a huge uh, huge thing for her now.
1: Marie, at what point did you guys realize that you were headed to the Breeders' Ground?
6: Uh, when we got the issue of bleeding, and uh, the last two starts, uh, actually the last start in the mud at the Poconos, we made our mind up.
1: All right, she's 12 to 1 in the morning line, uh, checkmate time, race 7 Friday night, Marie, one final question before we let you go. What would it mean to you guys to win a Breeders' Ground?
6: It would mean a lot for this owner, Mr. Dobbins. He's put a lot of money and time into this. He breeds his own, has two farms, and uh, this wouldn't be for him.
1: All right. Well, Marie, listen, we certainly appreciate you joining us. I know everybody here at Harrisville will be watching. Best of luck to you guys at Hoosier Park come Friday. And, uh, hey, if you make the finals, obviously best of luck to you in the finals.
6: Thank you very much, Mike thanks for having
1: me. All right. That was Marie DuPont, trainer of Checkmate Time. And you know, Mike, it's good to see some of these uh you know, some of these people that don't always get a chance. I mean, you know, we've we've had the Ron Burks and the and the Jimmy Tactors and a lot of these guys that, you know, seem to have, you know, horses there time in and time out and and always have horses in big races. But when you get, you know, somebody like this that maybe doesn't get that opportunity very often, it's certainly good to see. And I think it's good for the game.
5: Yeah, definitely. You see a lot of these uh, small stable stories kind of break out in the Breeders' Crown, Mike, and we were able to uncover a couple of them last year. And uh, I know Jess Scott and I uh, were already talking about doing some of the features uh, that are coming up. Uh, With the Breeders' Crown, kind of like we did last year, Mike, and uh, we had a lot of fun at Jimmy Tactor's uh, farm, and uh, if I remember correctly, we got to sit and talk with him for, uh, for almost two hours, and it was just an incredible, incredible experience.
1: Yeah, it certainly was. It was great to be on their farm and great to be on Jimmy Takt's farm. And, uh, you know, one of the one of the great things about Jimmy Takt, you know, we give him a post time with Mike and Mike hat and he actually liked the hat. The qu- He loved the quality of the hat for some reason. <laughs> you know, I he says, people give me hats and I won't wear them unless they're good. He says, I got to tell you, it was a good quality hat. And he put his on. Of course, we had a you know, we, we took some pictures of Always Be Mickey. That was a, a, a real great time. And, and, and I know Jessica just had a blast there. You could tell she was in heaven. You know one thing about it Mike uh, before we go to commercial break
5: is she had a blast and then when I remember when Jimmy handed her the lead rope of always be Mickey she about had a heart attack right there in the uh, in the barn well Mike coming up uh this weekend we're also going to see the big mare Hanalore Hanover Mike and I'll tell you what Hanover Shoe Farms uh is a fantastic uh, little breeding operation and Hanalore Hanover is the world's fastest female trotter who recently set a new standard of 149 and two at lexington's red mile and hanover shoe farms is the all-time breeder of both hambletonian champions with 11 and breeders crown champions with 23 and 15.4 million dollars i'll tell you what hanover shoe farms is a proven breeder in breeders crown champions
1: Embroidery Unlimited is a premier provider of quality embroidery, screen printing, and promotional products. Our commitment to quality and pride in our work is second to none. We focus on quality and customer service. For all of your stable or business needs, Embroidery Unlimited is the number one provider in harness racing. Give Jim Winsky a call at 508-485-5522. That's 508-485-5522. Or visit them on the internet at EmbroideryUNL.com. That's EmbroideryUNL.com. Embroidery Unlimited.
2: Want to sport the coolest Breeders' Crown gear? Head on over to Hambletonian.com. Get your Breeders' Crown hats, polo shirts, sweatshirts, jackets, shot glasses, and more. They make the perfect gift for the harness racing fan in your life. Visit Hambletonian.com.
5: Join Meadowlands Racing and Entertainment as racing resumes on Friday, September 8th for two weekends of live harness racing action. Then Thoroughbred Racing begins on Friday, October 6th 2017 and runs through November 11, 2017. Then harness racing will resume on Friday, November 17th and run through the end of the year. For more information, simulcast, schedule, and more visit PlayMetaland.com
1: We're back on Post Time with Mike and Mike presented by Meta America. <laughs> <laughs> Mike,
4: do
1: you know who did this
4: song? <laughs> I'm sorry about that,
1: buddy. Listen, we still have some technical stuff. When I no, said, no, I meant wait for this. <laughs> well, that's fine. But do you, you know who did? You know, you, do you know who did that song?
5: No, I don't
1: actually. That's way before your time. Actually, it's way before my time too. A band by the name of Deep Purple. Deep Purple. That's interesting. About that. That's, How about that? Yeah, well, that's, that's going back a ways. My my vocal cords are a little purple right now, so we're we're in good okay. shape. Well okay, you know what? I had a chance to tell my story. We've got a few minutes here. We've got Sam Widger and Jamie McCumber in the Deck Circle. Tell us your story. What happened? All right. So yesterday, you know, Kate made dinner, you know. And, you know, it was a good dinner too. Pot roast, potatoes, you
5: know, it's a hearty meal. And so so I ate a potato and boy was it hot. Okay, and I'll tell you what, uh, it was it's so hot, Mike, that it scratched and abraised the, the esophagus all the way down.
1: And I'll Ugh. tell you what, it hurts like a, a son of a gun today, that's for sure. Oh my goodness, well, we're <laughs> listen, I, I'll tell you what, things like that can, uh, can, get, and can get a little dangerous, and I know you've got to be going through a lot of pain. But uh, I, I do have a question, didn't you realize the potato was hot before you before you ate it or well, hey, actually wait. no you know what listen i've seen you with a plate of food and it doesn't matter if the thing's scalding hot or not you're going to tear through it like a it, it's like going through the a table like a hurdler you're just going to go right through it i know but uh yeah.
3: didn't you realize
1: it was
5: hot before you ate it i, bu- I blew on it does that count for anything you no, know I I blew on it. Well, obviously that doesn't count anyways so i made some people's nights with that story and uh yeah that's you know it's not as funny as your story but, uh, yeah,
1: yeah. now probably—I'll tell you what—it's probably not funny because I know something like that could hurt like heck. And and uh, yeah, so listen, we're lucky—we're lucky we're your lucky your uh, beautiful vocal cords are are going right along, and and uh, well, listen, we're lucky that you're here on the show tonight.
5: Francine just sent me a message. Uh, she said uh, she asked me if I had an extra room. I don't know what that's all about, but uh, she, <laughs> she said something about an extra
1: room. So, <laughs> well, you know, listen, I was going to ask you about that. Being I was on the way. To do the post time with Mike and Mike show, I was going to actually ask you a post time with Mike and Mike to pick up that ticket. Um, our insurance doesn't cover those things. So <laughs> we'll no. have to talk about that. I'll, <laughs> I'll get a hold of the uh, post time with Mike and Mike attorney and see if he could make something happen. I, I, anyway, right, uh, believe it or not, we still do have a show going on. And uh, we, <laughs> we are. We're going to talk to Sam Widger coming up in just a, a couple of minutes. But first, Mike, we had a chance to sit down and uh, talk to Jamie McCumber. And uh, she's obviously a, a local trainer based in Indiana. Her and her husband, Rick McCumber, a fine driver there. Kind of like Sam, just the guy that's you know pretty much based in Indiana that's always amongst the top five drivers there. And, and I know it means a lot to her to have uh, some good representation in the Breeders' Crown. She's got three horses, as a matter of fact. They'll be racing the eliminations to the tr- that are going to, to obviously try to make the final coming up next weekend. We had a chance to sit down with Jamie and talk a little bit about her horses, and let's go to that interview right now. We're back on Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. Mike Bozich, along with Mike Carter. And right now we're joined by Jamie McCumber, trainer, one of the leading trainers at Hoosier Park. And Jamie's got three hopefuls that are entered in the Breeders' Crown Eliminations coming up over a two-day period, Friday and Saturday. Jamie, how are you? Thanks for joining us here today.
0: I'm fine, thank you. Thank
1: you for having me. Jamie, let's, uh, first time on uh, the Post Time with Mike and Mike show, and before we talk about the horses that you have entered in the Breeders' Crown coming up this weekend, let's talk a little bit about yourself and your career. How'd you get started in the sport of harness racing, and tell us a little bit about the McCumber operation, if you will.
0: Oh, sure. Um, I grew up in harness racing. My mom and dad are Tim and Debbie Rucker, Um, so I grew up at Scioto Downs in Ohio, um, racing mostly babies, 2- and 3-year-olds. We didn't have a lot of claimers, actually never had a claimer. Um, so it's kind of funny how much I like those now. But um, So I grew up doing it. I swore I was never going to train horses for a career, so I went to Ohio University and um, got a degree in marketing, and I used that for four or five years out of school. And then I was best friends with Ronnie Burke, and he twisted my arm, And talked me into going back to training horses because I didn't like sitting in the office every day. (laughs) So (laughs) he uh, got me back in the barn. And uh, I guess, you know, once you have the the bite or you have the blood in it, it really doesn't go anywhere. So after a year or so in the barn, I realized that um, this is probably what I was going to finish my career out doing.
1: And of course, no. yeah. And of course, uh, not only do you have the horses coming up in the Breeders' Crown, but uh, you guys also race at Hoosier Park. Uh, of course, yourself and Rick. How many horses uh, do you have now currently racing?
0: Um, we've pretty we've maintained like thirty, mostly all summer. You know, it go up thirty eight, thirty three, twenty eight here and there. So we're right at thirty right now with the two and three year olds slowing down.
1: And I remember, uh, of course, uh, Rick has been driving there pretty much ever since uh, Hoosier Park started and Paramutual Rage Wing uh, came to the state of uh, Indiana. And of course I'm from Indiana. Uh, grew up uh, a little bit north of you guys uh, all the way up in Gary next to Chicago. But uh, it was uh, it wasn't too long of a road but there was certainly a couple of years there before Expanded Gaming. And uh, now with the advent of Expanded Gaming, guys are only racing at Hoosier Park where before it was Indiana Downs and Hoosier Park. But certainly the expanded gaming has given you guys uh, I would say a lot more opportunities and a lot more profitable opportunities.
0: Oh, it's great racing um, with the better opportunities comes better horses and you know the longer the state has been racing the brooding got so much better, so the horses are just getting better and better, and the racing's getting better each year so um it's a tough place, but yeah it's a it's a good place you can um make a decent living here.
1: The Breeders' Crown is coming to Hoosier Park, and of course, we'll be there broadcasting live next weekend. But the first things first, the eliminations over uh, two days, Friday and Saturday. And you guys have three representatives. One will be racing on Friday, the three year old Philly Pace, Carol Z. Tam. Now, unfortunately, she does draw post nine, but she has had a lot of success on the racetrack. She's won seven of 20 times, uh, she's made uh, over $200,000. You guys certainly have to be happy with her.
0: Very happy. This Billy. she's all heart. She gets out there and just gives it her all every time. Um, the one time that she did it, which was a few starts back, um, she bled a little bit. So we got her cleaned up and healed up and put her on Lasix. And she came right back in, in rare form last week in the Sire State Final. So I'm really looking forward to racing her.
1: Let's uh, switch gears to Saturday a little bit. Jamie, you've got the two horses Racing on Saturday, the first in the fourth. It's uh, one of the open trots. Uh field of six Crescent Fashion uh, is going for you guys from post three, two of fourteen starts in the fifty two and one, uh just under thirty thousand dollars in uh seasonal earnings. But uh boy I'll tell you what, there's some tough competitors in here. We're talking about the likes of Pinkman and JL Cruz and in Hanalore, Hanover, and Sonio Dream. Uh tell us a little bit about Crescent Fashion and how you guys got hurt. Or him I should say. <laughs>
0: And our owners bought him to stand Stud in Indiana. So the only thing they asked me to do is um, put a new lifetime mark on him. Thankfully, that came with our very first start <laughs> with him because since then he has been in really, really tough. Um, you know, he's not just your one, two, three, four trotter. He's not easy. He's not easy on himself. He's got everything against him. Um, he wants to do it. He wants to be fast. So, unfortunately, everything has to go in his favor for things to come out. But we thought um, it would be good for his resume if he could go beat a couple good horses.
1: So, that's what
0: uh, our hopes are.
1: And then, Jamie, in the 14th and final on that Saturday, you guys will be battling uh, once again with some of the best three-year-olds of the nation. <laughs> when you talk about the likes of uh, Fear the Dragon and uh, Funkin' Waffles, who was just lights out last start. But you guys sent Beckham Z-Tam once again, didn't really get a benefit of a post-draw. But you guys, uh, with Beckham Z-Tam, have won 10 of 17, had a, has had a great season, over $233,000. Tell us a little bit about Beckham Z-Tam and his chances.
0: You know, Fathom was really green when we started with him this year. So he only had a few starts last year. So it was all about management with him, was uh, managing his three-year-old season. Um, So I guess what we've done is just try to keep him sharp and point him towards this race. So he's only been mainly racing fire stick races, um, hopefully getting you know more and more experience each time and faster and faster each time. So I think he's got the advantage of hometown track. And he that got the advantage, but he hasn't shipped all over the country all summer. So let's just hope, 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 hope that he's there with them.
1: Well, tell us a little bit about how you guys are looking forward to these races. Uh, how has it been? Has there been a lot of nerves in the uh, McCumber household coming up to the Breeders' Crown eliminations, or is it just business as usual?
0: <laughs> business as usual. <laughs> <laughs> Ricky, uh, Ricky has a great... Um, head on his shoulders and stands for staying really calm, and he tries to roll that over on D. So fortunately, I've got 27 other horses besides those three that are in the breeders sound, and I have a two-year-old and a five-year-old, if you cannot hear them behind <laughs> me. <laughs> so, you know, it's kind of just business as usual, otherwise nothing would get done, and uh, everything would be a bit of a cluster. So he just took it one day at a time, and they all free know, just Okay this week. I wish it was I could I wish I could say it was the best they've ever carried. But um so that has me more stressed out than, you know, going into the breeders' crown. Let's just hope for a you know, a good, safe night.
1: Well, one final question before we let you go and you guys uh do have home court advantage on your side. Uh what would it mean to you guys to win a breeders crown?
0: Oh my gosh, are you kidding? Um, I think I haven't asked you really but you know, like for me, it's just, I, it's amazing that we're even in there. This is the first summer that we went on our, you know, went on our own for a whole year. Usually we just go on our own for a few months in the winter. And um, so just to have this caliber of horses and to be in the breeder's class, I think is great. But um, if you don't know how much I'd love to win it for my owners. They're just so supportive and so awesome and and everything. I, I can't even think of other words right now, but there's, I would love to
1: do good for them. Jamie McCumber, we appreciate you joining us. Best of luck to you guys in uh, Breeders' Crown uh, 2017.
0: Thank you so much for calling. I'm um, excited to be on Mike and Mike.
1: Here at The Stable, our mission is to provide fair market for owners of yearlings while giving investors the most informative way to purchase all of or part of a horse. The Stable will cater to all budgets by having an open fractional buying market and a flat rate billing system. At The Stable, we aim to minimize the risk in buying and maximize the benefit of selling. Visit thestable.ca or give Anthony McDonald a call at 519-400-4263. That's 519-400-4263. It's thestable.ca. we're back on post time with mike and mike presented by Embed america mike bozich along with mike carter and right now we're joined by sam Widger, driver extraordinaire sam how are you sir i'm doing well thanks how are you all right well, listen well we certainly appreciate you joining us and and i know you've got a couple of drives coming up uh, for the breeders crown eliminations coming up uh between the two days friday and saturday all in preparation for the big dance coming up next week but sam you are making uh as everybody was today making their uh post time with mike and mike debuts tell us a little bit about yourself how you got started in the industry
7: well actually it's just kind of a cinderella story i um dropped out of college because i'm not uh, good at learning from a book and went to work for my dad he was helping build a couple barns up the quad cities and uh met a few trainers and went to work for them and just kind of worked my way up and you know struggled for many years and stayed at it and uh and just kind of uh it just kind of fell together
5: Now, Sam, uh, obviously you drive one of the two-year-old fillies coming up in the Breeders' Crown this weekend. It's the second elimination for two-year-old filly uh, trotters in Miss Nadia's Hill. who's 10-1 to on the morning line for trainer Jeff Edwards. And uh, obviously uh, you hadn't had a whole lot of chance to uh, see this horse uh, until he came to uh, Hoosier Park on October the 12th, uh, where she raced extremely well uh, with you driving. Talk to us a little bit about that effort and uh, just what you think of her chances coming up in the Breeders' Crown.
7: Um, well, yeah, I didn't I didn't know anything about her, really, um, just other than talking to Jeff a little bit before the race. And uh, he just told me a little bit about her. And, um, gosh, I just went out there. She felt good. Um, she had her game face on. And uh, I set her up on a gate, and she wanted to go up out of there. And, you know, I... I jump up on a horse the first time and they want to do that, well I'll send them on out of there and, and just see what they got and uh and um uh, she she raced really well. She was strong to the wire and uh and I believe paced a mile or trotted a mile and fifty six.
1: Obviously, the uh, big elephant in the room in that race, the two-year-old Philly Trot Elimination, is uh, you're matched up against Manchego. Uh, obviously, she's undefeated, and she's kind of been the talk of this division, the talk of the town. She's been uh, right there in the top ten uh, throughout in the uh, in the Breeders' Crown, the uh, Hamiltonian Society poll. What uh, what do you what do you strive, and I know you don't want to tip your hand because I know a lot of drivers don't like to do that, but how, how do you kind of see this race unfolding with uh, with Manchego uh, two doors down? You're right
7: Well I mean You know Like you say uh, uh Gosh I i um, I'll just go into it With a positive mental attitude Like I do You know uh, uh, Being realistic uh, That's definitely A nice Philly. Um And You know I guess that's why we race them Because uh, you never know What's going to happen Um I'll just kind of play it by ear Behind the gate See what unfolds Out of the gate And Uh you know, uh I mean that's a nice Philly. She's probably the best one. Um and and you know, she she's supposed to win. Um and I wish her the best and uh and I just hope to do well for Jeff, you know.
1: Let's talk a little bit, and I know this is not a Breeders' Crown race, but earlier that night, the card, the Friday night elimination card is going to start with an invitational, and you're driving a horse by the name of Evergreen Elite, who's 7-1 on the board, and obviously uh, a couple of these horses uh, that are facing Evergreen Elite, you've seen uh, likes of Night Pro, Uncompromising, ZTAM, some of these horses. Can you tell us anything about Evergreen Elite in the first
7: um, you know, he's a nice horse. He's not, he's not a real big horse. Um, he, he's gritty. Um, he likes his job. Um, you know, sometimes he's a bit of an overachiever, but, uh, he raced really well last time. Um, you know, they got over there on time. Uh, I was able to keep him covered up, you know, until the stretch and, uh, and he, and he exploded down the stretch and, uh, that seemed to be his kind of trip. Um, you know, uh, he's, He's good on the front too, but you know one thing about Hoosier Park is is uh, you know they can win from off the pace there too. Um, it's a good front end track, but it it also uh, you know you can win off the pace there. And uh, them, you know, you're right. There's there's some good horses in there, and and it just kind of depends on the trip I think, and what works out, and uh, we'll uh, we'll just give him our best.
5: Now, Sam, obviously, uh, you meant you hit the nail right on the head when you were talking about closers, and uh, that actually brings me into Manhattan Beach. You drive in a Breeders' Crown elimination. Uh, Manhattan Beach kind of flopped in the Dan Patch at Hoosier Park, but really came back strongly in the Hoosier Pacing Derby uh, before going to Lexington and racing in the Alarage, which was a extremely uh, tough race. But you'll see some of those horses again here. Um, talk to us a little bit about Manhattan Beach. Uh, kind of a, a sluggish beginning to the year, but has really come on strong.
7: Yeah, he, re- he really is starting to come into his own. Um, you know, he had an excuse in the, in the rods down to Lexington. He, he was sick. Um, I guess he, you know, he scoped full of stuff. Um, so he did have an excuse down there the in, in the couple races prior to that, that Hoosier, <clears throat> he definitely, uh, he raced really well. Um, junior, talking to junior Haynes, he, um, he wasn't real sound when he got him back, you know, earlier in the year and just kept uh, working on him, and he finally found the spot. And uh, so he, he's starting to come into his own, and uh, and I believe he's got the, what, five hole, four or five, in a six-horse field. So, um, yeah, we're hopeful about him too. Um, you just never know.
1: Sam, in events like this, uh, you've got a lot of the, uh, you know, a lot of the bigger drivers that come out and the, a lot of the bigger trainers that uh, come out obviously going for the big money and the big purses. You've got guys like Tim Teacher, Gannick Shingra, uh, Dave Miller, and and those sorts from the East Coast. They come from all over the place. Uh, how would you rate – do you think there's any home court advantage? Obviously, who's your partner? your home track. Would you say there's a little home court advantage uh, with with you driving there on a regular basis?
7: Well, I mean, sure. I'd like to think that um, you know them. Other guys that are coming in, very talented. Um, they do a lot of traveling, you know. So they jump, they jump from track to track, and they're used to that. Um, so you know, and the horses they're coming in with, they've been driving. So um, you know, they they um, they're coming in prepared like that too. Um, so you know, yeah. I mean, I, I feel. Comfortable about driving at Hoosier Park because I am there all the time, and uh, and um, we'll just see if we can't uh, work a little magic.
1: All right. Well, listen, Sam. We certainly, certainly appreciate you joining us. Best of luck to you. What would it mean to you to win a breeder's Ground?
7: Well, you know, uh, um, it it just would it would be great. You know, it would be great. I'm sure everybody says that. Um, because it is very prestigious race. Um, it's great that Hoosier Park was able to host it this year. Um, I know they're real excited about it. Um, and and just the Indiana people, you know, they're they're uh, good down home people, just real people. And uh, for them kind of races to come in, uh, it's pretty special to them. And uh, so you know, for for maybe one of their hometown
1: guys to win one that. That would be uh, pretty exciting. Yeah, look forward to it. All right, Sam. we appreciate you joining us, my friend. Best of luck this weekend.
7: Thank you, sir. You have a good day.
1: All right. That was Sam Widger. Another making his post time with Mike and Mike debut. Mike and, uh, you know, another guy that, like we talked about. I mean, you know, you've got guys like Teechirk and you've got guys, you know, like Dave Miller and Yannick Shingra that – that are a mainstay, a staple to a lot of these big races and rightfully so, because I mean, they're the best in the world at what they do, but uh, you know, you've got, then you've got Sam Widger, a guy that uh, basically calls Hoosier park his home races uh, primarily at one racetrack. And uh, you know, has been at the top five drivers there for as long as I can remember. And uh, once again, a guy that uh, is really looking forward to a Breeders' Crown breakthrough. And just, you know, it, it'd be nice to see some of these, uh, you know, guys like Sam connect in these big races. You know, Mike,
5: it's kind of interesting you say that because i tell you what, some of these hometown guys have proven, even in thoroughbred races, to uh, to be – you know, to be the kind of go-to guys for these horses or for some of these horses, because, you know, a lot of the Yannick Gingras, the David Millers, they already have drives coming into these races. Uh, I specifically remember a couple of years ago, and I know this is a third red situation at Colonial Downs, but Mike, uh, Todd Pletcher, uh, his rider fell off two races before it. He put Horacio caramano on, who was a, who was a local, for those of you who follow the Maryland, uh, you know, the Maryland circuit, so to speak, uh, he's one of the top leading riders out there. And Mike, he came into the Virginia Derby for $500,000 and won with Red Giant at 50 to 1. So I'll tell you what, you know, these guys, uh, these hometown
1: guys who know the track, I think there's a little bit of home field advantage, and it'll be interesting to see what they can do. Well, certainly. Anyway, when we come back, we're going to take a look at uh, some of these Breeder Crown elimination races that will go on at Hoosier Park over the span of two days. And we'll kind of set the table for that on our Around the Horn segment on Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America.
2: Now at Bet America, every track is a bonus track earn rewards points for every wager you make on every track we also offer more points for all exotics wagers and don't forget about our weekly promos check our calendar to see how you can earn double points on featured tracks and races sign up for bet america today to start earning points and get up to a 400 bonus with our new 200 deposit match see our website for reward point state restrictions
5: eight two extension five 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 five
3: The downs at Sun Pocono was fast and phenomenal. Fall racing is here. We race Mondays at 4.30, Tuesdays and Saturdays at 6.30, and Sundays at 7.30. The Ghost and Poltergeist Pace is coming up. Spooky gray paces and a Halloween spooktacular on October 31st. Sponsored by the Harness Racing Museum and Hall of Fame. Children in costumes are welcome. Stop by the museum gift shop in the racing lobby. The Downs at Mohegan Sun Pocono. Around the Horn is the easiest way
1: the better way, and that is how we will go.
6: Anything more?
5: Are you frightened to go around the horn, Mr. Christian? Are you a coward, too, sir? Oh, baby, come on. Let me take you
3: where the action oh, is. Oh, baby, come on. Let me take you where the action oh, is. Oh, baby, come on. Let me take you where the action is.
2: It's so neat to meet your baby where the action is.
5: The action coming up this weekend is at Hoosier Park Racing and Casino. Mike Bozich, the Breeders' Crown Eliminations take place on Friday night and a Saturday night. A big two nights of racing, and I'll tell you what, it's going to be a lot of fun, Mike. We are live from Hoosier Park in just a couple of weeks, and uh, it should be some fun.
1: Yeah, I, uh, we don't have a time yet, do we? We, we haven't decided on a time wait, yet, wait,
5: have we? I, I've actually got the press release. Uh, it's in your, in your box. Uh, it's just waiting approval.
1: Okay, okay, very good. So, uh, anyway, we're going to be on the air Friday and Saturday. There will be no show next Thursday. So, once again, no show next Thursday. But, of course, we'll be on the air for three hours on Friday and Saturday, live from Hoosier Park, as we cover the uh, Big Breeders ground races coming up on Friday and Saturday. The eliminations are coming up this Friday and Saturday here at Hoosier Park, and uh, we're going to start uh, by taking a quick look at them as we go around the horn. The first elimination of the Mares' Open on Friday, race number two, a field of six in the uh, first of two eliminations. And uh, I'll tell you what, a lot of the uh, old regular suspects are in here. Uh, Mr. Carter, you've got Lady Shadow looking to get back into form, Blue Moon Stride, uh, Darling on the beach. It's good to see her back. Of course, pure country, a great, great field in that first elimination.
5: Yeah, I'll tell you what, it is a fantastic field. Pure Country uh, is trying to get back into form here, Mike, and I'm a little bit surprised at the morning line. Nine to two uh, seems a little bit low on Pure Country, who hasn't been racing extremely great, uh, was fifth in the Alarage at Lexington. Uh, One horse I'm kind of interested about, though, Mike, is the three, Wind, Sun, Glory, for trainer Ron Burke. Driver Trace Tietrich drives this horse. He's been racing at Hoosier Park and racing extremely well, and I think if you're looking for a little bit of uh, value play in an elimination, and Winston Glory could uh, potentially be there.
1: All right. The second elimination is race number three, and obviously Nike Franco is going to be the favorite here. She has uh, definitely caught fire here this season. Uh, she's made over $344,000, and she draws the pylons for driver Tim Tietrich. She is going to be very tough to beat, in my opinion.
5: Yeah, I completely agree with you. She actually was my selection in the Hannah contest, um, Mike, from the rail. Uh, L.A. Delight. Um, joins this group after finishing fourth against Preferred Company at Mohawk, has been racing north of the border. Medusa, Mike, is a horse that uh, we saw at Yonkers, I believe it was, uh, the start of the year and was really dominating and has kind of uh, fallen off the uh, handle just a little bit. And then another horse you can never watch or never count out is the seven, Call Me Queen Bee.
1: Race four is the loan, loan elimination for the three-year-old Philly Pace, going for a price of $25,000. We talked a little bit with Jamie McCumber about Carol Z Tab. Obviously, this horse is going to need a lot of uh, racing luck out there from post nine, but uh, you've got some good ones in here. And, and this is a division, Mike, that has really been topsy-turvy. I mean, Agent Q had her moment in the sun. She kind of dulled a little bit. Then, of course, we saw the great performances by Caviard Alley. Blaze and Britches is uh, one. Ten of thirteen, uh, Idyllic Beach has been there slugging it out with these gals uh, throughout the season. This is uh, really going to be a great, great race. As uh, all of these horses look to lock horns here.
5: You know, Mike, it's going to be an interesting elimination. It's going to be an even more interesting uh, final. I think Blazon Britches has got the best shot here in the elimination, drawing post number four. And Blazing Britches is on her home track, Mike. Uh, she races extremely well at Hoosier Park and had won two straight races before finishing second in the to Caviar Alley and then Fourth, in, uh, me, fourth at Lexington. Uh, Agent Q draws post number three. But Mike, Caviar Alley is kind of the question mark horse. Uh, since winning the Jughead final, she's won the Bluegrass, was second, only missing two lengths in her last start uh, to Idyllic Beach. And these ladies have all been kind of just trading punches back and forth. It'll be interesting to see what happens in the elimination.
1: 2 year old Races in the first of two eliminations, race five on Friday night at Hoosier Park, and uh, obviously you have to think, Mike, that this race goes around number five, Rainbow Room, but she hasn't, I don't think she's got the stranglehold on this division as she had earlier in the year.
5: You know, Rainbow Room is kind of an interesting horse. I think two to one on the morning line is uh, is, a, is a little bit uh, too low, if you ask me, considering this horse is coming off two straight losses on the lead, one of them being, excuse me, both of them being at Lexington. Uh, when myself and Ayers Ratliff were at Hoosier Park uh, back on... Hoosier Pacing Derby Night. Uh, Rainbow Room won the Kentuckiana and came from off the pace to do it on a night that Mike, was, if you remember, was a big-time speed-favoring racetrack. Since then, she showed a lot of early, contentious early speed and my only concern here is that if she goes out too quickly, she's going to tire late.
1: The second division of the uh, two-year-old Philly eliminations uh, for the Pacers is race number six at Hoosier Park and obviously this race goes through You Are My Candy Girl, but a horse that I am pretty familiar with, Rain on me has just been outstanding here at Harris Philadelphia obviously the competition level is going to go up for her though yeah, Mike, and uh, I accidentally
5: flipped a flipped, a, flipped a race seven, uh, but the three you are my candy girl is definitely going to be the horse to beat. Uh, another horse I like it here, Mike. Uh, race uh, has been racing north of the border is the one Pueblo Blue Chip. Uh, Dave Maneri brings this one down. Driver Jody Jamison comes down to drive. Has been hitting the board in the last couple of starts. It is a. Uh, Not been really the best horse, but has shown that she can compete against uh, stakes-caliber horses. I think Poibo Blue Chip is the one to uh, possibly upset the field from the rail at Hoosier Park coming up on Friday.
1: The lone elimination for the three-year-old Philly Trotters is race seven. And we had a chance to talk to trainer Marie Dupont. Checkmate time is a horse that uh, really, really has looked very, very good. Obviously, once again, the competition uh, level is going to rise for her. But, uh, you know, this is a wide open race. I mean, ice attraction, overdraft follow, fine-tuned lady, uh, dream together have all kind of had their moments in the sun, so to speak. But uh, this is kind of a wide open race.
5: Yeah, I completely agree with you there. I think overdraft Volo, maybe the price play of the group, is coming off a, a second place effort, just missing by two lengths to so that's all money, Mike. And that's all money is a no slouch horse, that's for sure. Um, obviously, another horse in here that uh, is kind of interesting is the eight Dream Together was third in the Kentucky Futurity after winning a elimination of that race. I think four to one is a, a little bit of a dream price on Dream Together.
1: All right, the Breeders' Ground Elimination for two-year-old Philly Trotters. First of two eliminations, race number eight. And uh, I'll tell you some familiar names in here. Faya Tosib is a horse that uh, I've seen quite a bit. Saba Yorm a horse that I've seen. And uh, there's my good buddy, Basquia, starting from post eight for the Tactus jingra combination. It seems to me that uh, every time I see this horse, she doesn't get the benefit of the draws, but she just keeps on chugging.
5: Yeah, you know, Basquia is going to be a tough horse, has won four straight races after finishing second twice, uh, once in Harris, Philadelphia, against Pennsylvania Sire Stakes Company, and once against uh, – uh, what is TSS out there, by the way?
1: That is the Stallion Series. That the is Stallion a leg series. below that, – right, that's like, kind of like the New York Excelsior. That's a, kind of a, a level below the Pennsylvania Sire Stakes.
5: So so I would have been a little worried, Mike, uh, after uh, finishing second at the Pennsylvania Sire Stakes and then stepped down in class and missed by 10 lengths against uh, Hey Judy Judy. We'll get let you get to Hey Judy Judy in a second because I know you've probably seen this horse. But I'll tell you, Baskia has really bounced back well, uh, won two divisions of the kindergarten, uh, won on Hoosier Pacing Derby night, showed that uh, she liked the racetrack. I think
1: Baskia is going to be tough to beat as well. Yeah, it was my pick by the way that night. And I remember Ayers giving me all kind of grief leading oh, up to yeah. the race, and then after the race is over, airs uh, changed his tune a little bit.
3: But <laughs> <laughs> our,
1: good, our good buddy, Ayers. Two-year-old Philly Trotters uh, up next to the race nine. It is the uh, second elimination in that division, and uh, boy, obviously Manchigo is the elephant in the room. But we talked uh, the sandwich earlier on. Miss Naughty is Hill gets a good post draw here. Maybe Sam's going to try to put this horse in play a little early. You've got high percentage win. Are looking for Zelda, and uh, you've got a couple others in here, but, uh, boy, Manchigo has just been the dominating factor.
5: Yeah, I completely agree with that statement. I think Manchego is the elephant in the room. Top expectations, Mike. The five uh, is coming off a second-place effort in the international stallion. Stakes was second um, to Nixie Volo and added LASIK last out and really uh, responded well to it, Mike. I think if anybody upsets, it's going to be the five top expectations.
1: All right, let's move on to Saturday, Mike, uh, as we continue this Around the Horns segment, Breeders' Crown Eliminations continue at Hoosier Park with a post time of 6.30. All 14 races on Saturday are Breeders' Crown Elims, and they start with the two-year-old Colt and Gelding pace, and there are three eliminations Uh, Of this particular event and uh, the first elimination, uh, you've got Nutcracker Suite five to two uh, from the pylons. This is the plan. The two-year-old by Sunbeach somewhere for the Chris Ryder Dave Miller combination at two to one on the board. Lost in time, a horse that I think is uh, pretty interesting is four to one but there's certainly a wide open event there. I know Nutcracker Sweet is a horse that is uh, on a lot of people's radars, so uh, we'll see what uh, he can bring to the table. The second elimination is race number two. You've got a good field of six there. Grand Teton, a horse I know that uh, we've been watching in Lexington, has really turned a lot of heads. The morning line favorite there, obviously, is going to be Hayden Hanover, a horse that has really come around as of late. Stay Hungry three to one there in the morning line. That is elimination number two elimination number three is race number three on the hoosier park card on saturday carpathian kid is the two-to-one favorite therefore irv miller and driver dave miller closing statement the joe holloway trainee is a horse that i kind of like he's uh, got five of ten on the win column but i'll tell you what three very competitive eliminations coming up in the, the two-year-old colton gelding uh Pacing division, one that I think is pretty wide open. And I think there's going to be some surprises as to who's going to make the finals here in these three eliminations. You know, it's interesting you mentioned
5: that, Mike. Uh, The first three eliminations obviously kick off the program. And race number one, Lost in Time, is kind of an interesting play. Uh, It's coming out of Ohio for trainer Jim up Mullinix. And I think, you know, coming up against Nutcracker Sweet and Babe's Dig Me to the inside, I think that. You know, lost in time, even though he draws the outside post, Mike, he definitely could provide a little bit of value uh, relief to some of the horse players on elimination night. And uh, I'll tell you what, it's going to be interesting to see what the favorites do in those first three eliminations.
1: The Breeders' Crown Open Trot, one of two eliminations, race number four. And I'll tell you what, this is uh, always, always uh my uh my favorite uh, kind of group here because you get these uh you know these older veteran horses out there just locking horns and you've got the uh, fan favorites like JL Cruz, Pinkman is trying to, you know, get back into form looking for his first one of the year. Of course, Hanalore Hanover's there and uh Bombo Lindy and of course we had a chance to talk to Jamie McCumber Crescent Fashion. This first uh elimination, in my opinion, is really wide open. I don't think Handel or Hanover is uh uh going to uh have his way here. You know, Laura Hanover set a world record of 149-2
5: at Lexington. It remains to be seen, Mike, what that took out of her. And she's facing the boys instead of going yep. against the females. It's a big step up, obviously. Um, trainer Chris Breaver brings in Ilsonio Dream. And obviously, Pinkman draws to the inside, is yet to win a race this season. It'll be interesting to see what that race took out of her and uh, what they'll do going towards the final.
1: And by the way, and I know we we really haven't started talking about the post time with Mike and Mike Awards yet, but I got to tell you, I've already gotten five or six emails about uh, wanting to nominate J. O. Cruz's big win in the uh, the, Mass- the spirit of Massachusetts race at Plainridge as. Uh, the upset of the year. So I just want to let you know that that's already on people's radar. The post that with Mike and Mike awards second elimination for the breeders crown, the trot coming up in race number five. Again, a lot of familiar names in here, Mike, of course, resolve who did, uh, really didn't race well at all in the international trot homicide, Hunter Goral Hanover, Marion Miranda, the second place finisher in the international trot. Uh, Once again, a lot of different options here. If you're looking to wager,
5: yeah, definitely. Uh, a horse that kind of jumps off the page here at me, Mike, is the four Crazy Wow. Crazy Wow kind of fallen off the handle over the past couple of starts, but seems to be coming back into form for trainer Ron Burke and a driver Yannick Jengra. Uh, resolve uh, was a big disappointment to me, Mike, in the international trot. I really expected him to race uh, a lot better. And then, of course, you have it looks like a Chippendale for trainer Luke Bly towards the inside. And uh, five to one morning line. Uh, I'll tell you what, that might be worth it as well.
1: You know, let's uh, break away from this for just a second. Twister B, how impressed were you with that effort at the International Trot?
5: I was really hoping that they would bring Twister B uh, to the Breeders' Crown after that. I know they extended an uh, invitation, but uh, how about that dominant performance was a first-over grind the entire way around and then just cruised right on by Resolve, like Resolve was standing still and those guys. I'll tell you what, I think uh, Twister uh, B definitely looked like a uh, champion racehorse that day.
1: Yeah, no question about it. The Breeders' Crown... Uh, open first elimination, the Pacers will do battle, and uh, this is one of two eliminations. Again, a solid field of six. What uh maybe low on quantity is certainly high on quality. Uh, you've got uh, all the usual suspects in here, Mike. Missile J, Tex, uh, Check Six, Rock and Roll World, Market So, Centra, Mick Where do you go here?
5: You know, this is such a wide-open race that it's tough to really go – to really peg down any one horse, so to speak. Um, I think I went with Check 6 in the Hannah contest, and I went with Check 6 because – uh, he won the Dan Patch stakes here at Hoosier Park. Another horse that uh, has raced extremely well over the Hoosier Park racing surface. I think Missile Jay's got a little bit of a shot. But how about Mick Wicked? Mike has come really come back strong since entering the Casey Coleman barn again. It's won seven starts this year while hitting the board at a, a pretty reasonable clip and a 148 and two mile. This is a wide open affair.
1: Yeah, another wide-open affair coming up in that second elimination race. Number seven, you've got the likes of Split the House, Melmera, All Bet Soft, Delta Winter, Manhattan Beach, Keystone, Velocity, uh, a lot of different ways you can go in that second elimination.
5: Yeah, definitely. Uh, all bets off, Mike. How about him? He's really been racing well the last couple of starts and uh, has come through at some pretty uh, pretty big odds. He normally shows up in these races at uh, pretty big odds. I don't think 3-1 to one is going to be worth a play on all bets off, even though I think he'll win. Keystone Velocity uh, is uh, kind of thrown in a couple clunker races, and he's co- hoping to restart the engine in the Breeders' Crown Elimination.
1: All right, first of three eliminations for the three-year-old Colton Gelding Trotters, a field of six at race number eight at Hoosier Park on Saturday night, and uh, once again, just a lot of different ways you can go. I mean, international money is right back in here. You've got the top flight angel, who's the slight morning line favorite, Dover, Dan, Long, Tom, some names that we're certainly familiar with. What do you think, Mike?
5: You know, this is an interesting race, and it kind of brings me back to Hamiltonian Day, uh, which we covered uh, live on track. Long Tom is kind of the, you know, whisper in the room. If you ask me, has won four starts this year with a 152 and one mark, and over th- just under 350 thousand dollars made. Tim Tietrich, uh gets the drive for trainer Marcus Melander. I think Long Tom uh, is due for a win against this group, uh, and it's a really compact group. You draw the rail, and I'll tell you what, if, uh, if the things go Long Tom's way, we could definitely uh, see a little bit of an upsetter.
1: This second elimination is very, very interesting because I think there's a few names in here that a lot of people may not be too familiar with. Lindy the Great is the Sly Morning Line favorite, Snowstorm Hanover, King on the Hill, Give It Gas and Go. We're pretty familiar with that horse, Mike, of course, hence the VIP Internet, a stable horse with trainer John Boot and Shane. What uh, what say you about this second elimination?
5: I'll tell you what, if you miss the price on Snowstorm Hanover in the Kentucky Futurity, I think uh, that bus has already checked out and left. Yeah. Snowstorm <laughs> Hanover won at a very big odds, uh, the Kentucky Futurity, and is now 5-2 to two on the morning line um, in a very competitive field of a 6. Obviously, you have Moonshine or Hanover and New Jersey Viking, but I think uh, Snowstorm Hanover, if
1: you miss the bus, uh, it's, a, it's a little too late for you in, in this race. Certainly is. Three-year-old Colton Gelding Trotters in elimination number three in race 10 on Saturday night at Hoosier Park. And, uh, again, another wide-open affair, slight morning line favoritism going to a devious man who's pretty much been right there in each and every start uh, that he's had so far in his career. But I'll tell you what, Mike, the longest shot, at least morning line-wise, on the board, Jake, you never, never can throw out a Luke Blaze training. You know, this is a horse I haven't
5: really seen, Mike, and Jake, uh, maybe you've uh, maybe you've caught a couple glimpses of this horse, but he likes to hit the board, he's hit the board six times in ten starts this year, I'll tell you who I'm going with, and that's the uh, the Hambletonian would-be winner, but he didn't <laughs> actually win the Hambletonian, if you look at the chart, number two, What the Hill, and What the Hill has been racing uh, pretty well, Mike, uh, since that Hambletonian effort, obviously, where he was disqualified, I think What the Hill's got a big shot against this group.
1: All right, two-year-old Colton Gelding-Trotters in the first elimination race 11 on Saturday at Hoosier Park. Same old, different day. Uh, Jimmy Tack, the trainee, is uh, the slight favorite here at 2-1. to Hatrick Abbott, second uh, morning line choice at 5-2. to two. What do you think about this one, my friend?
5: You know, it's interesting that the two favorites draw post 4 and 5 here towards the outside. It allows for a little bit of value from the inside to the one moo sun is that I don't even know if that's how you say the name Uh um, uh towards the inside this horse is a by explosive matter out of lady andover it's only one win this year mike but I'll tell you what he likes to be on the ticket and I think that um,
1: I don't even how do you say this horse's name I'm, I'm going to go with how, how you go with that. Listen, Moussons? I'm leaving all the hard work to Steve, Steve yeah. okay. <laughs> we'll go with Musadi here. I think Musadi's got a big chance to hit the ticket. All right. Race number 12, three-year-old Colton Gelding, Toronto's second elimination. And uh, Mets Hall is a horse that I've had a chance to see on a couple of occasions. Has won five events, seven to two in the morning line. The morning line favorite is Fashion Woodchopper. The Jim Campbell trainee out of Donato Hanover gets a very good post draw there. Post number five, the uh, winningest post. It's kind of where you want to be in a five, eight, seven, eight-mile track. What do you think about this one, Mr. Carter?
5: <laughs> I really thought the one was Muscle Hill for two seconds when I looked at the name, uh,
1: Missile yeah. Hill. M-
5: Mets Hall is actually an interesting player. He's uh, won five of eight this season, a little over 125,000. Seven to two on the morning line, Mike. I think Metz Hall has got a really big shot against this group
1: at a pretty decent, uh, pretty decent price. All right, race 13 as we wrap this thing up. Three-year-old Colton Gelding pacers in the first of two eliminations. Boogie Shuffle is a, a horse that I had a chance to see here a couple of days ago, Mike, and he was facing tougher, went down to defeat, lost uh, by uh, not too much after uh, being used early in that mile. But you've got the likes of Western Hill uh, down by the seaside, of course, obviously with uh, me so fast. Very, very interesting here. Uh, our good friend down by the seaside is out in the uh, uh, what do you think about him uh, trying to get back into form?
5: You know, down by the seasides, really trying to rebound, and I think the Breeders' Crown is the perfect opportunity for him to do that at a little bit of a price. Uh, he draws into a um, a little bit of an easier uh, elimination Obviously, the uh, lone wolf in the room that's not here is Huntsville, and Huntsville really yeah. raced strongly over the Hoosier Park 7-8 uh, Oval um, In, excuse me, at the uh, Hoosier Pacing Derby. You also yeah. have Photobomber Hanover and Ocean Colony here. I think Boogie Shuffle, though, is the one to beat, and uh, I believe Boogie Shuffle was uh, a couple of us in the jug uh, was, his, was his pick. He didn't get the best trip, but I think Boogie Shuffle could show up here.
1: All right, Fear the Dragon, of course, is in the second and final elimination. Uh, the two, uh, obviously, the uh, two superstars are Brian Brown. Uh, they draw on the separate eliminations. But uh, Fear the Dragon, of course, is uh, obviously needs no introduction. But uh, I'll tell you what, Funkin' Waffles has really found his stride as of late, Mike. Yeah,
5: he has. And, boy, I'll tell you what, it takes uh, it takes a lot of heart. And guts to supplement a horse to the Breeders' Crown, and that's what Alan and Michelle Crawford have done here. Funkin' Waffles draws post number two just to the inside of Fear the Dragon. I think that Corey Callahan and trainer John Boot and Shane have got to be ready for this race, uh, or else they wouldn't have put up the money, that's for sure.
1: Alright, so those are your elimination races Friday and Saturday coming up at Hoosier Park, and of course we will be on the air live coverage of the Breeders' Crown coming up next Friday and next Saturday. Both will be three-hour shows. There won't be a show uh, Thursday, so you're really going to have to follow us on our website, uh, like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter. Obviously, we'll keep everybody up to date via social media of uh, our as far as time goes, what time are going to be on the air. I would imagine it's probably going to be some Somewhere around eight o'clock, right, Mike? That's kinda safe to say. Yeah, somewhere around those times. Uh I'll tell you what,
5: it's uh gonna be a lot of fun and uh, you know, it's gonna be uh you know, the one thing about Hoosier Park is uh they've always been fantastic to us and it's uh it's a great little sight from the apron, that's
1: for sure yeah it certainly is well listen we're going to see everybody coming up next friday we want to thank all of our guests special thanks to uh rick moore sam widger marie dupont and jamie mccumber for joining us obviously special thanks to uh, all of our listeners and uh including uh my uh, newfound friend mike the uh, delaware state trooper is going to be paying you a visit coming (laughs) up on saturday and uh, i told him to kind of sit by and, and watch your speed as you come in mike maybe he'll uh you can make a couple of extra bucks there. But uh, nonetheless, uh, certainly thanks to everybody. And uh, you got anything else, Mike? Is you, your throat still hurting? Yeah,
7: it's still
5: hurting. But that's all right. We'll be ready for next week. That's for sure. We'll see everybody next week. First post uh, is uh, to be it out Friday and Saturday night. Good, night. Good night, everybody.
7: Closing time. You don't have to go home, but you can't stay.
3: No!